Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking with Becky from Disney in Your Day and Castle Dreams Travel about some tips and tricks and things to consider when planning your Walt Disney World vacation. Yeah, I, I think that there are some really good nuggets that are going to be in here for you to help you out. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like, hey, it's the start of the year. It's a good time to start planning a trip. I will say kind if your of, New Year's resolution was to plan more Disney trips, exactly. which probably always is. I will say, though, I learned from doing this and from Becky that you should really be planning like a year out. So I was thinking like, hey, this is great if you're planning your 2024 trip. Not that it's too late to plan like a summer trip or something like that because there's a lot of good deals. But it's almost like this is your planning for 2025. So maybe plan a late 24 and then start thinking about 25. You can never have too many Disney trips on the books. I mean, that's true. But just thinking about planning for next year stresses me out. Not that I'm the one that does it. I was going to say, let's be honest here. You, but you plan about zero Disney trips. I planned a total of zero trips. <laughs> so. Maybe maybe kind of sort of one trip because I went by myself one time. It, it's weird though. You know, You talk about planning stressing you out. I feel like it comforts me. And it calms me down. So, like, I'm curious where our listeners, like, fall on that, like, you know, line of, do you get stressed by planning the trips? Do you get comfort by planning trips? And if you're in a relationship like we are, like, do you have somebody that's, like, the planner and somebody that's not the planner? Yeah, I was going to say, we have a very symbiotic relationship. It works out well. you yeah. like that control and you like that aspect. It's and that, fun. to me, is not fun like I am a hundred percent a person that I would just go straight to the travel agent and say hey look here's what I want Please you don't even like when I tell you like this this is where we're eating you're like don't tell me this far in advance well, it's because like I, tell me when we get there hey we're gonna go here now okay well I feel like there's like a certain pressure for me to remember it and I know that oh, we're no, so no, no, far no. out I just like talking about it I just it's therapeutic for me <laughs> to talk about Disney trips. Okay. You good. don't have to I feel it. like no. we're so far out that when like I can't really recall what we're doing, I feel annoying asking you whenever it actually gets close because yeah, I can't I get it. excited about it until like we're on the, we're basically in Orlando. Until you're like through the gate where it's just like, welcome yeah Disney and World. then That's i get like it oh uh, you know my scale goes from like you know I'm, I'm like imagining like a speedometer and my it goes from like here to like woo, all the yeah. way to the other side yeah, so you're ready to go so so we're gonna have a great interview coming up yes. but before we get into that we're gonna cover a few pieces of disney news of the week so over at disneyland the new pixar place hotel opened oh, and yeah. like seeing pictures of the rooms and the lobby like, it looks amazing. Like, the transformation's mm-hmm. great. The rooms are awesome. The lamps in there are, like, the little Luxar Junior lamps. Um, this looks like a really, like, awesome hotel to stay at. I think they did a really great job with it. Yeah, I agree. The pictures are really phenomenal, and I think that it is a really cool nod to Pixar, and they themed it really well. Like, yeah. I they think did a it's, good job. it's... It, it's nice because I feel like a lot of the knocks on at least Walt Disney World hotels as of late have been that they are sort of edging toward like modern and they not, look like Marriott. Like they look right. like any hotel. Yeah, they're, they're very like Marriott. Yeah, whereas they're very themed. At right. And yeah. so, you know, this Pixar hotel seems like a step back toward the what they were doing before, which was that like hyper theme. And there's less hotels at Disneyland. It's easier to theme these in a lot more detail when you have three hotels. 
yeah. you know, versus 30 uh, at Walt Disney World. Speaking of Walt Disney World, Country Bear Jamboree officially closed um, for the updating that's going to be happening this year. It's supposed to be open later in 2024. The, it actually broke down oh uh, like somewhat fitting for like the final performances. So it did not have... You the know, bears the last... got some cold feet on those last performances. <laughs> they did. They 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 couldn't go out. You know what? I think that the one that's on the swing, she like she was afraid she'd fall off. Exactly. Like they didn't want to be embarrassed at the end. So it was interesting. It was cool though. They did let people because there was so many people. I mean, it was like an hours and hours lines of people. Crazy. They did let them walk through and like take pictures because all those people were there to you see know, one of the final pay their final respects. Yeah, like they wanted people to see this. What I thought was interesting though is how many people did come out for this? Because I don't think, I mean, a lot of people like Country Bear Jamboree, but when you go there, it's not like there's ever really a big crowd. And so I wasn't expecting this many people to come out just because it's closing again for, you know, 10 months or whatever it's going to be closed for. And it kind of got me thinking, because it seems like lately, anytime anything closes, anything, anything's done, there's a ton of people. And I kind of wonder now how much of it is, people actually really like the attraction and want to ride it one last time versus I want to be the one to film it, put it on the internet, put it on social media. Like I feel like the, you know, and, and, you know, being part of that, you know, blogging, you know, Disney kind of coverage people where, you know, the key is making like content around stuff. But I feel like a lot of people go to these things just to, like be the one to be there. Like I want to be at the last performance of it, or I want to be at the very first one of the new one versus I feel like this didn't happen before when they closed attractions. Well, I think that this, I I never really thought about that. You bring up a really good point. And I think it has like this very interesting interception or intersection between I want to be the last one to film it. And also humans have this like very, you also want to say you did it. I was there for the final performance or something like that. Humans have like this very, weird thing that i've noticed like if you've watched any portion of the news or whatever people want to like no this isn't tragic but people want to connect themselves to like the death of something you know somebody might say oh i knew that person it was a shame that something happened to them and it's almost like country bears was in in effect dying and so they want to be able to see like be able to say like oh but i was there for the final of this and i was able to pay my respects and say goodbye like i mean it is a I mean, a, a classic attraction. It's sort of like an original attraction. I mean, it's been there a long time. Mm. So, I mean, I get, you know, people have a lot of respect for it and they want to see it. But again, it's like the number of people that were there and just like the hours people were waiting. You wonder how much of that is just kind of artificially inflated. I do have to say like maybe, and I'm not a, I, I've said this before, I'm not a big, f- huge fan of the Country Bears Jamboree, but I do understand the appeal of it because I love the Enchanted Tiki Room. And I feel like they hit a similar sweet spot where, you know, it's like a musical show with like silly animatronics. And um, I love bears, but I don't know. Those ones freak me out. But but like the Tiki Room, if somebody said to me that's closing, I would be devastated. Like, I love that ride. And I think it's so, well, it's not even a ride. I love that attraction. I mean, you're right. That's probably another one where it does not have a crowd ever. Like you can always walk up Mm -hmm. to it, but if it announced it was closing, I'm sure. Yeah. It would be five hours of people there. So I I guess that's, I guess I get it. It's everybody's kind of coming out at one day, one last time. So I'm just surprised they're going to turn this thing around and it's supposed to reopen in 2024. Like it just seems like a very quick turnaround for them. So like, I know they're, they're filming new songs or recording new songs rather, but it sounds like I don't think they can do that much in terms of like, 
updating animatronics. Like, I, I don't know how much they're really going to change about the show. And again, you know, if it's going to open in fall of 2024, I mean, that's maybe 10 months away. I mean, 10 months away, it's 2025, you know, so it seems like a pretty quick turnaround for that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We'll see. And then over at Tokyo Disneyland, they announced that there's going to be a new nighttime show. And they announced this is the first time Marvel's going to be included. And they have one picture. So it's going to be on Cinderella Castle, but it's going to incorporate Walt Disney Animation, Pixar, Marvel. First time they're having Marvel um, over there. It looks incredible. They talk about pyrotechnics, lights, special effects. I'm hoping it means drones. But I am so excited about this because I'm excited about anything Tokyo Disney does because they do things so great. They do it so But you're putting Marvel in a nighttime show. It's on Cinderella Castle. Um, It's going to open September 20th. But, like, this is super exciting to me. Yeah. I mean, Tokyo Disney, just they just do things right because – I mean, I think for them, a lot of times money is no object. So they it seems really like that. It really it seems like that. Yeah. Really, really well. And so it is just top notch. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it's just their shows and the quality of their shows are so high that anything they do, you know, is going to be good. It's like a stamp of approval. You can get a bit of a stamp of approval before it, yeah, you, it I, ever airs. I'm really excited to see how this turns out. So I'm, I'm very excited about this. I can't wait to see what the show looks I like. I know when you told, like we talked about this, you know, just in our normal lives, I was like, I just wish that Tokyo wasn't so far away because I would love to go there more often and check out these shows. It's and- a 12 hour plane ride. Yeah, that's, that's not that far that's away. That's a pretty far plane. I know. <laughs> Want to go back between this and Fantasy Springs and the, you know the new Beauty and the Beast attraction that opened a few years ago. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons to go back to right. uh, to Tokyo Disney. All right, that's it for news. So let's get into our interview with Becky. All right, well, Becky, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks so much. I am very excited to be back. Yes, and we're talking about trip planning today, and you actually just put a like 2024 like planning guide up it was a massive guide (laughs) um, on your website disney in your day on walt disney world um and so like one of the things you talk about there is just kind of like the the timeline of planning and you talk about like eight to 12 months is kind of like the the sweet spot i guess for researching and booking for that now to a lot of people that may seem like too far in advance like oh i'm booking a year in advance what happens if a deal comes up? What happens if the dates I want, you know, change or like I'm going to a, uh, after hours event and it's not the same day. So how, how do you kind of like navigate that worry, but also planning far enough out in advance? Yeah. So I will say um, that one of the nice things about booking with Disney is that they allow you to make changes to your reservations. You can basically change anything about your trip if you book it, as long as there's availability, at least the Disney portions of things. So if you book something and you put a deposit down and you book the resort tickets and then you want to change the dates, you can do that as long as the hotel, the resort you want is available. Um, If you want to switch to a different ticket type, add on days, take away days, change to a park hopper, um, 
let's uh, add a dining plan now that we have dining plans back. You can do all of that after booking, after making your deposit. And even um, some people choose to pay for their whole trip before the final payment is due. Even if you've paid off everything, you can still make changes as long as it's before 30 days without any sort of penalty. So I, I always say, if you have even a general idea, at least book something so you have it. And then if things change, you can adapt with it. Right. And I think that's probably one of the benefits, too, of booking an entire vacation package, because I believe if you book the tickets separately, they're non-refundable. Is that correct? But if you book it with the vacation package, you have more flexibility in changing. That is correct. You definitely do. And you have more flexibility in terms of um, just making payments. I know for so many people, especially families that want to do their big trip, it's a lot of money and they don't want to pay thousands of dollars up front. And so the nice thing about booking a package is your deposit is $200 um, and then you can make payments if you'd like as you go or just pay the final payment um, 30 days beforehand for a package. If you book your ticket separately, you're going to have to pay for them up front at the time of purchase. And as you said, um, they're not refundable. I will say they are changeable. You can change the dates on tickets after you purchase them. So if you do need to move your trip and you bought tickets, you can change it. You'll have to pay um, the price difference if there's an increase in price, which there typically is if you're pushing it out like a year or something like that. I'll say, how much flexibility do you have on that, on changing dates on tickets? Like, I imagine there's some sort of limit to what Disney's going to let you adjust to. Uh, I'm going to say they're pretty, like, fl flexible as long as you're willing to pay oh, really? whatever okay. the difference would be as if you were booking it. You know, I have had clients who have had to push trips out, who've done packages, done tickets only, and we've kept pushing them back a year, another year, another year. I mean indefinitely oh, pretty okay. much the ex the exception to that would be um special event tickets things like the halloween or christmas parties those are uh somewhat different okay mm -hmm. so that's good to know so as long as you plan to go eventually at some point you're you're kind of okay yeah exactly um, and then i and then i guess like the the special ticketed events like obviously Disney has a policy in place because you know weather is a big issue and especially in Florida like hurricane season um, you know if you're going during Halloween that can kind of be that time so if somebody's worried about that if there is a hurricane or something like that it's canceled I think Disney offers they, like they have a policy around like refunds oh yeah if it's something too, outside so. of your control like if Disney cancels right. a party then they will definitely refund you that or offer to transfer to uh, different dates depending on your situation. Um, there, Disney is so understanding for the most part. And I will say, even when their official policy says one thing, at least from the travel agent, and I've been able to make some extra magic for my clients just through the kindness of cast members. They've waived change fees for me before when I've called and explained. I had, I had clients who, um, got in a car accident the week before their trip. So like it was nothing, you know, too terrible, but we had a broken leg and, you know, so there's a lot and they were not prepared to go. Mm -hmm. And Disney was really awesome with moving everything to the next year. They had Halloween party tickets. They are letting them apply those to tickets for next year. Oh. Um, so they are typically very understanding, but if you just say, well, I don't want to go anymore, you're not going to get your money back. <laughs> right, right. Well, that, that's good to know that. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. What would you say is the best time of year for somebody to visit? So if you could choose any time of year, 
Ooh. when's the best time? What are those sweet spots? I mean, there's the best time for like me personally when I like to go. It all depends on so many factors, right? It's like, are you looking to go when the weather's nicer? Because it's Florida, so it's always kind of a crapshoot there. Um, but like, if you're like, I can't stand being hot, like overly hot, then obviously don't go in the summer. Uh, so it depends on like how important is the weather to you? How important is lower crowds? Or are there certain events and things that you want to go to? Those are all of the factors that I would consider. I know that a lot of people say they want to go when the crowds are lower and prices are lower. Those two things go together, luckily. What doesn't work <laughs> is when they say, I want to go when crowds are low and prices are low and it's Christmas. <laughs> well, that doesn't happen. Right. No. <laughs> right? So right. it's like, well, which is more important to you, going close to Christmas or having low crowds? You know, so it's, it's all a balance. Me personally, I would rather go when there's lower crowds and it's more affordable. I agree with that. So like, when would that be like, when, when is the kind of sweet spot for there being low crowds? Yeah. So we've seen some interesting changes in the past couple of years with people's approach to visiting and the times of year that they go. Um, the one thing that has stayed pretty consistent is September it has always just been pretty much the lowest crowd time of year. I think when, with kids starting to go back to school, people mm -hmm. don't want to pull them out right in the beginning of the school year. You still yeah, have right. extremely hot weather in September. Um, and then there's also just uh, the hurricane season. You mentioned that a little bit earlier with hurricanes and all September is kind of prime hurricane season. So you take a little bit of a risk there with that. Uh, and that's why I also recommend travel insurance for uh, pretty much any trip, but especially one where you're going to be spending a lot of money. And like I said earlier, the nice thing with Disney is a lot of their policies are very reasonable, but it's that time period when you're getting up to like a few days before you leave and something has to change where having insurance is really, really helpful. Um, September is my favorite time to go for those reasons, but we've also seen lower crowds lately in the summer, quite honestly, I think that people don't want to be in the heat. They are more flexible. They don't want to like swim through the air. No, it's for some yeah. reason they don't like it when it's like 105 degrees and crazy humid. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> they don't want to feel like they're in a rainforest. I, I don't get it. They could just immerse themselves in the experience of Animal Kingdom. <laughs> um, no. It's um the summer has been getting a lot less crowded. I have gone fairly often in the summer uh, the past few years, July, August, and been su pleasantly surprised in the crowd sense. Um, obviously prepared for the weather, but the other thing is a lot depends on when Easter falls during the year. So like this year we have an early Easter, which means March is going to be a a, a very busy month and the beginning of April, but you're going to see like the end of April and the beginning of May as being really nice times to go. That's my prediction, at least um, in terms of crowds. And then once you start getting closer to Memorial Day, the crowds will pick back up again a little bit. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of leads into one of my questions and I, I think you, you answered a little bit, but yeah. I, I was kind of just like looking at hotel prices. I, 
even though we don't necessarily are actively planning a trip, I'm always checking like what are wait you times. talking about? We are always actively <laughs> it's, not it's just a state of a being at this point. Right. right. <laughs> it's like all the memes you see on Instagram where it's just like the stages of, of booking a Disney trip and it's like you you don't have one you book one and then you get to the part where you're leaving the park and you're like you're booking another one there was one point last year where i didn't have like a trip that i'd booked yet and i was like wait a second what like what happened how is there not a trip (laughs) on my calendar so then i added yeah there's always there's always one you're working on yeah exactly Um, you had to fix that real fast (laughs) but so so i was looking up hotel prices and and what i was kind of shocked by was like pop century art of animation in like november um like fall like typically the slower times that you would think of so like not christmas like not thanksgiving obviously but like around then used to be slower you know it was 260 300 plus a night when over the summer i think because they're running like specials and stuff then you know it's down it's still like 200 maybe 250 but it's a lot cheaper in the summer where I feel like a few years ago, it was completely flipped. Like you could go the first week of December. There was nobody there. Hotel prices were cheap. Everything was cheap. Everybody was going in the summer. I kind of feel like what you you know said earlier, where I think people realized, Hey, it's way too hot in July. Let's go during the slow time. Cause everybody's trying to find that slow time. And now that's become the expensive time and it's almost flipped. So, so I guess you are seeing that kind of as well. Yeah. So I'll kind of, I'll talk about the hotel pricing in just a second, but on on that same note, I will say, I think there is a couple of common misconceptions when planning Disney and the most common I will say is the month of October. I will put this out there right now. October is one of the busiest months to visit Disney overall, like the entire month, it's going to be packed and it's going to be expensive and you're, most likely not going to get a discount if you want to go in October. Uh, And the amount of people that contact me and say, I want to go when crowds are really low in October. And I say, can you go in September? (laughs) Um, And most of them, I will price both and send them over. Most of them will be like, you know what? We can go in September. (laughs) Even like the end of September, (laughs) people love Halloween. They want to go for the Halloween party. Now, yes, it starts Mm -hmm. in August. August, um, yeah, but right, people don't right. think about Halloween. Like, I think people want to be at the Halloween party in October. They want to be at Food and Wine Festival in October. They just mm-hmm. want to. They want it to be there when it's a little bit cooler. Everybody wants to be there in October now. So that I think is one of the most surprising things for a lot of people to find out. Yeah. I think Disney's worked a lot too. Like you mentioned food and wine, the Halloween, like they've, I think realized too, that if we have these festivals, like if we shift things around, we can move people and kind of spread them out. So to your point, they've done all this stuff over the years. Now everybody wants to That's why they do yeah. food and wine when yeah. they started it was because October was a slower time. So they put something in to right. draw people there. And now it's one of the busiest. So now let's get our crystal balls, be like Madame Leota's. Do you think that they move food and wine eventually and try to make it not? All right. I have, I have, no, I don't think they will move it, but I have a theory about Epcot festivals in general. Um, And I think they're going to add a new one this year. I know this is like a big, this is like a hot take because they've you heard it here first (laughs) because they've shortened uh flower and garden that's exactly why okay um so flower and garden had in the past gone until basically july and a week later um food and wine started more or less right 
Okay. We're looking at a potential like two month gap in the summer where there is no festival happening, and that has been unheard of in Epcot in recent years. So I I wonder for what you're just saying if they're going to add like a some sort of summer festival for Epcot, do it in like June, July, beginning of August, maybe before they sl- switch to food and wine. So start food and wine a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. and do like a summer festival because it has been, uh, much lower crowds. Have they announced, is that, is the new, I guess, kind of center of the park. Like I know they're building like a festival center. It's not to the scale that it was going to be. Is that going to be ready this yeah, year? Yeah. I or? think that to my, the best of my recollection, it is this year and that's the extent of like what we've got. Okay. But yeah, sometime okay. this year. Cause that may play into it too, to your point of, even if it's maybe not this year, like next year, I could see them as that opens. Hey, it's a new festival, new space, like something to kind of change it up there. Keep it interesting. Hey, I have a prediction to go along with your prediction yeah. now, cause this is fun. <laughs> we didn't make any real predictions at the beginning of this year. So I think I'm going to piggyback off of you. They're going to add a new run Disney race too. Ooh. They want to draw some people in the summer. So it's going to be real hot. But hey, they start those races at <laughs> I 5 don't know. Yeah. People might I don't know die. About that <laughs> yeah. They won't add anything. They would have had to announce long. that by now. I mean, they will. Okay. Maybe, but, maybe in the future. but maybe they announce they're going to do it like, like this year or next year. They would have to be like, get like a billion treadmills and a giant indoor space or something yeah, <laughs> in the summer. Yeah, like, I, I just, I think it's too hot. I mean, some people would do it. There's there, the people that do like do extreme oh, yeah. runs. You got, you got the Badwater 135 where people do it in Death Valley. Oh, yeah. I mean, people come on. People would do it. I don't think Disney would want yeah. to take the risk. They wouldn't the want, liability, want the liability. Yeah. Even though we signed those right, waivers, right. they still wouldn't want the potential bad publicity, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they shortened I, that half marathon when... I think that know, prediction is either. bad. <laughs> I think Becky's got a good one. I think yours is is a bad prediction. You said my stuff was bad, Becky, and I'm sad now. Maybe you could come up with a prediction for what the theme of this new festival would be, because I don't know what they would do for it. You know, we could think about that. (laughs) Okay, I'll brainstorm, and then I will get back to you on that one. (laughs) Kind of going back to, like, planning and timing, um, the other thing you kind of talk about is Genie Plus and starting to look at that about three weeks before the trip um and disney's been changing like genie plus a lot do they still sell that ahead of time or is that that's well right now the answer is no again prediction time it's gonna be the answer will be yes they will be selling it ahead of time again probably at some point this year they've they have kind of acknowledged that well, like you said, they've been changing it a lot. They know that there's things that people aren't un- are unhappy with. Uh, there's definitely a, a good-sized group of people that would prefer to plan these things ahead of time and not do everything that morning and stress out the day of all throughout the day. I think they just get a lot of uh, complaints and negative feedback. Um, the way yeah, I was going to say, do you think they go – to kind of like fast passes where you can pick some ahead of time too, or I think they're going to, I think they're like going to do what they should have just done in the first place, which is do exactly what they did for fast pass plus, but charge you money for it. <laughs> I mean, that, that seemed to be like the thing, like it worked fine. And that's, I mean, kind of somewhat what they had in Disneyland with their max yeah. pass where you paid for it. Now, obviously those were, those fast passes were day of, but like that was when they had paper fast passes. So you saved from like running around. 
Um, but it's like, yeah, everybody liked FastPass. So if you want to make money, I mean, we obviously liked it when it was free, but like <laughs> just charge 20 bucks for that and let us pick three rides beforehand and then, you know, go from there. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is when people are buying Genie Plus, it's like, unless you like, I feel like I could teach a course on how to use it. Like that's how complicated it is. Like you have to come to my yeah. school of Genie Plus to learn how to use it. <laughs> Do- <laughs> Do you recommend? Please make that a blog entry. <laughs> Becky's school of Genie Plus. And it, I am here for and it's it. It's crazy, you know. It should not be that complicated. And I, so I think that one of the things that happens is, you know, you have enough people that aren't going to even realize that they need to put that much effort into learning it. Don't really understand how it works. Pay however much money it is now, and then get one ride or two rides for the day and feel like they've been ripped off. So do you recommend it? I mean, do you think it's it's good for people to get or I mean, kind of where, where do you stand? I think we've done it one time. Like I don't we don't necessarily use it a lot. I think it depends on which park you're in, where you're going and what you want to do. Again, like most things with Disney, it comes down to like what are your top priorities? If you want to do a lot of the big like headliner rides in Magic Kingdom, then yeah, I would say get it because they're otherwise you're gonna miss a lot of time waiting in line. On the other hand, it's like if you're in Epcot and you only want to do like a couple of rides because you're busy eating at the festivals. I mean, you know, it's not really worth it. I would say what I tend to do more often is do the individual lightning lanes. Um, those are going to be for like the biggest attractions in each park. So I'll pay to go on Cosmic Rewind or Tron or whatever it is. And that's what I I think we've kind of said too, is yeah, it depends what park you want to go on. It really depends. You kind of have to do that like analysis of, like you said, am I going to get two rides out of it today? Am I going to get four rides? Like what that is. And I almost feel like as, as Disney raises the price of Genie plus that in in my mind, some of the reason they're doing that is because it almost then becomes cheaper to just add an extra day on to the park ticket. Because if you're at four day ticket, a five day ticket's like twenty bucks more, and it's like you're almost better just staying an extra day than paying thirty dollars, you know, a person or something like that for Genie Plus every every day of your trip. And it's like I kind of feel like there's some of that too. Of like if they make it more expensive, they'll just keep you there longer, and then they'll get your your money on I don't even know if, that other sort of stuff. I don't know if they were smart enough to think about that but I feel like that's a really good point <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> like maybe they intended that but regardless I think you're right I think there are certainly people who say well at this point it's cheaper to just stay another day and like wait in some lines than buy genie plus every day especially if you look at it every day like when they used to do it as part of the package and it's like okay you can add genie plus for your whole thing it's three hundred dollars a person you're like well, why don't i just stay an extra yeah. day <laughs> like it's it's so much cheaper so yeah. scoots my way a little bit i feel like a uh, green goblin peeking over your shoulder is <laughs> really <okay>. freaky <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm laughing about over I'm here talking to the three of you <laughs> <laughs> look at him oh my god he's pretty creepy look at him <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) No. Um, but yeah, so I think that people want to know their, if they're going to pay for something, they want to make sure they're getting their money's worth. And if they're only able to get on one or two rides, they don't feel that way. Even if they're not paying as much as like universal's charging for the express pass, it's more of a value proposition than 
like a saving money thing. And I think if they do go back to like how FastPass Plus was done, where you can book your rides 60 days ahead of time, um, and you get to book like three rides every day, that kind of evens that playing field. You know exactly what you're getting, basically. Any current offers or like how do you navigate the offers that there are? Yeah, they're super fun, right? So one of the things and actually this will go back to what Joe said earlier about people wondering when they should book. Is it going to be cheaper later? And one of the nice things again about Disney is that if a discount comes out after you've booked that you're eligible for, you can apply the discount to your existing reservation and save that money. So I actually, I do have a whole blog post that's titled why you shouldn't wait for a discount. And it lists all the reasons why that is not such a great idea. When discounts do come out, there's a lot of things to be aware of because, uh, in typical Disney fashion, they don't make it necessarily straightforward and easy to understand. They will often drop several discounts at a time with different qualifications, different dates, different resorts. You get different things, right? The one the one they did most recently was there was a free dining offer, which people love the free dining, but there was also a percentage uh, discount. And people are always, I want free dining. Well, sometimes you price it out like if you get the room discount if it's 30 percent off like your whole package and then you add dining on for the regular price that could be cheaper than the free dining offer all depending on what you're booking so that would be one of my first things to suggest is to compare whatever offers they have at the same time and price price all of them and see which one actually is going to be the best deal for you Another thing about discounts, like I said, is that there's a lot of criteria for them. When Disney releases a discount and they say, this discount is good for most nights from, you know, June to September at these resorts. And they list, you know, all these resorts and you think, oh, well, I'm going and staying at Caribbean Beach in July. So I fit all of this. Where's my discount? It says most. <laughs> it's not even that. Like it could be, it could be for your exact nights. Like, where's my discount? Well, guess what? Disney is tricky with their wording. So just because the resort you're staying at falls into the dates that they're offering it, that doesn't mean all resorts have the discount for those dates. They're they're pricing okay. based on inventory and what they need to fill, right? So Caribbean Beach, they might need to fill rooms at Caribbean Beach in August, but they're good for July. So they won't offer the discount during that month at that resort. You know? Okay. So kind of supply and demand. Yeah. There. So, uh, so yeah. I would say, again, unless you're really sold on like the resort that you chose, if you were debating between them, price out a different resort and see if, if that one qualifies. It might, it might not. Typically, how far in advance does Disney release their discount? So again, if you're if you're booking, let's say you do your deposit twelve months out, because again, it's like hey, two hundred dollars down, kind of low risk there. When can you expect to kind of see? Am I going to get a discount, or or hey, maybe I need to to move and look at a different day here? Um, I would say if it's four months before your trip and there's no discounts for your dates, then you're not going to see anything. Usually, that's they they release them for like blocks of time at once so but it's usually about that far ahead of time would be like the you know the earliest date 
I mean, there's also always times that are basically never going to have discounts available. So depending on when you're going, just being aware of that. If you're going during Christmas week, the week. I was going to say the the big Christmas discount. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someday, maybe it'll all (laughs) shift again. You never know. Right. But, um, but no, uh, Easter week is not never going to, you're never going to get a discount. And quite honestly, like this year, like most of the month of March is not seeing anything because of spring breaks and Easter all happening. Those are probably the big ones that I can think of, but March is, is somewhat a surprising one to people, but spring breaks definitely pay into that play into that. Now we've talked a lot. And, and I think a lot of the focus here has been on planning a trip to Walt Disney world. There's obviously another park in the U S Disneyland. <laughs> um, you know, does, does kind of the the timeline, all that sort of stuff, does that apply to Disneyland as as well, or are there some kind of nuances if you're looking to go to California versus Florida? Yeah, so Disneyland does have some different um, approaches, I would say. Some of their uh, crowds and busier times are going to be different than what you say at, at see at Disney World for various reasons. Um, In particular, you might see Disneyland that much more crowded in June because they do grad nights. They have a big uh, local local kids coming out, you know, Um, and so those parks can get really crowded during that month. They also have so many off property hotels that are within walking distance that um, I would say I don't typically see as many Disneyland discounts or like as much discounted in terms of how much you save yeah their hotels are pretty expensive yeah their hotels are really because they only have a couple on exactly property. so it's like yeah. if you want to stay at one of their hotels then there's only so many rooms they are probably doing okay at selling them so you're not going to see right. as many yeah. discounts but if you're looking to save money of course there's a lot more hotel options right there yeah, you bring up a good point everything's very walkable we, we yeah. had a, a listener uh, ben on instagram he reached out about like, hey, can you talk about like the transportation options at Disneyland? And I think a lot of people, if you're familiar with Walt Disney World, you're thinking, your I need a bus, I need a monorail, <laughs> like I'm, I'm so far away. Whereas, I mean, Disneyland, your transportation is your feet. Like you can yep. basically just walk yeah. everywhere. I've never uh, not walked. <laughs> like I've never done anything else from Disneyland. They do have the monorail there, but it's more for fun because it's right in downtown Disney that you get on it. Like it's, it's right there. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you can get an Uber if there's somebody who couldn't walk. Yeah, and walk some people and, like, do stay a little bit further away. I will say the last time that I was there, um, I also went to an Angels game. And so the baseball stadium is not too far, but it's not walkable from Disneyland. It's runnable. I, well, and so that, that's actually what I was going to say. is like we were like <laughs> yes, looking it at it. I know because um, when I did – the half marathon in Disneyland. I was like, well, I know it's not very far because I ran there and back. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. you can run past it, but yeah, yeah we're I didn't walk think there, I wanted so. to walk that. So I, it was super easy to get an Uber or Lyft or whatever it was that we did. Right. Yeah, I think that's your, your biggest transportation issue is just how do you get from the airport to Disneyland? I mean, the closest airports yeah. are like 20 minutes away. But again, there's Uber now or Lyft. Like it, it makes it easy. Yeah, but then it does. Once you're kind of there, it's... Yeah, the, it's easy to get the one that is hard that we had a hard time with is yeah, if you wanted to go from Disneyland to go to Universal Studios yes, because away. they are yeah. pretty far apart, and then you want to try to beat traffic. So getting somebody that wants to yeah, make that, that drive traffic is difficult. Is not fun. <laughs> yeah, it could no. be a couple hours yeah. with with traffic in there. So 
What what would you take? New York City traffic or oh, LA traffic? I don't know. I ooh, I think LA is worse, quite honestly. Oh my it's, goodness. It's, it's it's so spread out. It is, it's just like yeah. for such a long distance. Yeah. You know, New York you're going a couple blocks, but you know, you can you can almost walk. So all right, kind of kind of going back to to Walt Disney World, you know, in in your guide again, you mentioned a lot of like the new attractions that have come in the past year, or like upcoming attractions that are coming to Walt Disney World, restaurants, different things. What are you most looking forward to, or like what's your recommendation of like the new stuff that you've been on, or, and kind of like what are you maybe most looking forward I'm to? I'm very coming excited up? about this. Let's talk about food, please. Food, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I will say in terms of what's kind of come out or opened recently that I've done or haven't done, but would like to do in terms of food. I did get to go to summer house on the lake, which just opened in December. Uh, okay. Um, I was, did you get a cookie? I did. <laughs> I got two cookies. They were good. I still think Gideon's is better, but I didn't have to like get in a virtual queue for it. So <laughs> that yeah. part was nice. Um, but I was, I was by myself, which is always disappointing just because I can't eat that much food by myself. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I still ordered, like, way too much. But um, it was, <laughs> gotta try a little it bit was of everything. good. So I would love to go yeah. back because the whole menu just sounded really good. But I had the, I had the guacamole because it was, like, highly recommended. And it was pretty good. But I don't know that I would go out of my way to get it again. But I had the... I'm trying to remember it was like these tuna wonton type um appetizer thing doing a terrible job explaining Ooh. it but it was really excellent <laughs> um and a lot of that menu Ooh, just sounded that really sounds good delicious. so i gotta go back there and try more stuff that's one thing definitely was it was it sweet or was it savory it was, or was it spicy it, was, it had a little bit of spiciness to it it was kind of i would say like asian influences probably like almost in a sushi sort of um way <laughs> but it was yeah it was really good um I am also, in terms of what I'm looking forward to, and I mean, it's probably the biggest thing coming, but I am very excited about uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure opening. I love Splash Mountain. It was my favorite ride, like, as a kid when I went growing up. However, I love Princess and the Frog. It's one of my favorite Disney movies. So if you're going to redo it, I'm so excited to see that. I Mm -hmm. just am happy because that the basic infrastructure is still going to be there so i still get to do like the part i love of splash mountain and have hopefully great music and stuff uh during it so i'm very excited for that do you think we get any big announcements at d23 i mean universal (laughs) just kind of unveiled epic universe today (laughs) do you think disney has any answer officially officially it didn't release anything new but yeah do i think that disney should or will they because they should i don't they should 100 so i think yeah. we'll probably me and let them prove me wrong please but i think we're probably gonna get a lot more that's more like the blue sky like we're thinking this will happen eventually i think if anything happens it will be animal kingdom it'll be dino land um i think that's the most likely one to happen next they've already you know they've already shut down a lot of that area like it's kind of sad um and so it'd be a pretty easy or one i think to do um i think that in terms of like announcements and stuff or things that we'll be seeing in the next year 
I think we're going to be seeing a lot more effort made to entice people to stay at the resorts. They keep building new resorts or, you know, adding new DVC or whatever it is. And as we just talked about, they're not necessarily selling all the inventory they have all the time. Universal's announcement, people are very excited about Epic yes. Universe. They, mm -hmm. yeah. They've lost most of... I'll be honest, like Disney has lost a lot of their selling points to keep people on property at this point. They got rid of a lot of things that made that very appealing. If you were going to Disney for four days and thinking about going over to Universal for a day or two, when everything was included at Disney, it was so much easier. And now it's like, well, maybe I'll go stay at Universal for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. I... I... I literally just texted our friends about that today, about how maybe we should book a trip mm -hmm. to stay at some of these new Universal hotels, and then we can take a, you know, a Uber down to Disney for a day oh, or two. Oh, yeah. Like, my Disney like, friends texted me the same thing. They said, so we're doing Universal in 2025, right? <laughs> well, and I'll yeah. tell you, when I'm going down in February for Princess, and Epic Universe isn't even open, but I am doing a split stay. I'm staying at Disney for the first four days and then I'm spending two nights at Universal because you get a lot of extra perks from staying at their hotels and there's a lot of cool stuff to do at Universal. <laughs> We've never actually stayed at Universal. This is, I mean, this is a Disney, mostly a Disney podcast, but what's your favorite Universal hotel to stay at? <laughs> there, I will say there's, there's a lot of different ones and keep building more too. It's amazing because they don't even have the land that Disney does, but they're making it work. Um, in February, I'm staying at Cabana Bay, which I haven't stayed at yet, so I'm excited to try that one out. I would say I really loved Sapphire Falls. That's kind of like their moderate level resort. It was beautiful. Uh, it has the water taxi um, that you can take to and from the park, but it's walkable. It was not that far to walk. I mostly walked from there. And, like, the pricing was reasonable, all things, you know, you uh, Orlando mm -hmm. reasonable yeah. uh, right, like right. on property yeah. getting in early, to the park early is a great perk but if you can swing it staying in one of their um, I think they call them premier hotels but basically their equivalent of deluxe the benefits you get from staying there are like make the cost worth it they include their express pass which is their, okay. you know, cut the line. And right. the way theirs works, if you haven't used it or anybody listening isn't familiar, the way that theirs works is that you have a pass, you walk up to the line, you just show your pass, and you just walk up on the short line. You don't have to schedule anything. You don't have to, like, play in it. You just walk up. And it is expensive. Yeah, and it's expensive. If you buy it, like, you know, separately it's as a ticket add-on, it's over $100 typically. A busier season. It's almost as much as the ticket sometimes. It's more than the ticket sometimes if it's really busy. Um, and so for that reason, not as many people have it. So those lines are always short. And if you stay in one of their premier hotels, you get that included for everybody that's staying in your room for your whole trip. Like, wow. that's huge. <laughs> wow. That yeah. is huge. I mean – we um, have done that. Like, I think the last time we went, we got an express pass mm -hmm. and the price is kind of worth it because what you're able to ride is like what you would yeah. probably be able to ride in several days stay. Mm -hmm. So even though you're paying that extra hundred dollars, really, you don't have to stay there for 
an extra day to get in all the rides. Yeah. And I really personally like the Royal Pacific of their premier hotels. I did get a very um, unique and spoiled experience when I was there, though, because um, we had gotten off. It was in November when we cruised on the Wish and we were staying at Universal for a couple of days afterwards and there had been a hurricane uh, while we were out at sea. <laughs> our whole itinerary, oh, I think we had fun. talked about this once before, our whole itinerary I changed. Think we did, yeah. And so the hurricane kind of like was hanging out and we were in Mexico, but we came back and there was still obviously people that hadn't been able to get their flights and all of this. And because of that, Universal's hotels were um, like the rooms were booked because they let people stay, basically. So when I checked in, they okay. said, we upgraded you. And I said, oh, wow. oh awesome. I go to the room. It is their presidential suite. It, I mean, it was insane. <laughs> it was myself oh. and my husband. There's two of us. And it is like it, like an apartment, basically. Like, go up oh, there wow. and there's there's the bedroom. There's like three bathrooms. There's this huge, there's a huge like dining conference table that could seat like a dozen people. It was Oh, the f- kind of a board meeting. In it Seriously. Or yeah. And, you know, I have like some local friends and stuff. I was like, I feel like I should be calling people and like having a party or something with this. Like, I don't even right, know what to right. do yeah. with this. So, I mean, I get oh to Oh my sleep. gosh. Do you sleep in a different room every night? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was just, it was just amazing. It was. You should have done like a, like a Cribs episode. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And that it also included like that their, their lounge or whatever the um like concierge, oh, like a concierge lounge. service. Yeah, okay. So. Oh my goodness. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's hey, that's that nice. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I'll say you're never gonna top that. No, so no. if you go back, it's gonna be a major letdown. So, I mean, I had a great time at the Royal Pacific. I'd highly recommend that. No, but I've stayed in one yeah. of their standard rooms too, and it's it's they're really nice. Um, that one is usually also the cheapest of their three premieres. So if you're looking to like get the um express pass value the benefits it's a good choice Mm -hmm. any other thoughts or recommendations just on like planning your trip or things to kind of consider yeah i think i i always come back to prioritizing being such an important thing when planning your disney trip you have to decide what's most important to you because there's so much at Disney that you can't do everything. So if you want to go during a certain festival or go for a run Disney event, like if, if something like that is important to you, then that's going to have to take priority over maybe like the weather because you just, it happens during this time. That's what it is. If you don't necessarily care that much, like then is the lower crowds more important to you? And that's where I typically would recommend to start. If you have no idea, like when you want to travel, Um, obviously I would recommend using a travel agent, but even if you don't want to just do your research, because some of the things that we mentioned, there are things that aren't the same as planning other trips, right? There's a lot of things that Disney has that you wouldn't see elsewhere, or, you know, you'd think October would be a slower time and it's really not. So, you know, do your research. That's, that's the best advice I can give, I think. And I still think, despite what I was just saying, unless you are thinking about plan- like spending some time at Universal for like 
a couple of days, I still say stay on Disney property. I think it's still worth it. And I really do think what we're going to see in the next year is more value being added back into your stay. Um, If you want to go predict predictions again, I think Magical Express or something like it is going to come back. I think that's that would be great. That would be great. I would love that. Yeah, they're going to need something to entice people. I'm not going to lie, though. I do... I do like taking the Uber because I hate so fast. to wait. Yeah, I know. Me that, too. <laughs> that wait, when you walk up to the bus and they make you wait in those lines sometimes, <laughs> like if you hit it wrong and then you're just sitting there and like, I am like a child, like I'm like bouncing yeah. up and down and I'm like, when is it going to come? When are we going to leave? When are they going to let me on or the like, bus? And then you sit on it sometimes for yes. like 15, 20 minutes and you're like, can we please leave? I have park I have food I need to eat. I have rides I need to ride. Let's go. That's that's so for me. It's like sometimes I've just walked right up and like gotten on the bus and I sit down and there's like two other people and I'm like, oh no, we're gonna have to wait till like they fill this bus until more people get here. So yeah, and it's yeah. also that's one of the fun cartoons to watch. I know I do love I, the little TVs. Yeah, I do. I, I do, do like the cartoons. Yeah. That part is nice, but it it's been silver lining. Like, it's been a perk too in some ways. I've looked at flights and been like oh this one gets in kind of late and i'm like but if i uber i know it will only take this long to get there and i'm not spending an extra right. hour yeah, in exactly the airport so yeah. and it's easier when it's you right. know if you've got just like a couple and you don't have a whole family that you would need to get like a bigger uber and all that because that comes right. into play yeah. i mean the nice thing about the magical express was the luggage <sighs> i mean that yeah. was really the key like oh, if, if yes. you have a big family if you're traveling with a lot of luggage yeah, the fact that disney true. just takes it and you don't even have to worry about it. it. Shows up at your room, yeah. And then you know they take it back oh, to the airport. I forgot I mean, that, about that. That was the that was the key. Yeah, that was it. awesome. So that made <laughs> that made waiting on the bus a little bit worth it. Seriously, so, so I would yeah. say still still stay on Disney property um, if you can, because we're gonna see more added perks. If you can, if you're staying deluxe, you get the evening extended hours, which are really nice. The 30-minute early entry makes a huge difference, uh, beating you know the the off-property gas. And like I said, I think they're just gonna continue to increase the value. I- I'm sure if what ha- if if they do uh, Genie Plus planning in advance, I have a feeling that there'll be also benefits to resort guests in terms of booking those just too. Staying on property, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, makes yeah. a lot of sense. All right, well if um. If our listeners are interested in booking a trip with you or, you know, reading more uh, from your blog, what's, uh, how's best for them to kind of reach out? To yeah. You? So my blog, my website is Disney in your day, which is just Disney in your And I've got lots and lots, like over 10 years worth now of posts and writing that I do try to keep updated when I can. Um, But lots of information. If you go to there, you can find a link at the top if you want to use travel agent services. That'll send you to a form you can fill out or you can email me. It's G at castledreamstravel.com. Something else I'll mention for people who are big planners and want to kind of stay organized i do have an etsy shop you can find a link to that on my blog as well and i sell um 
basic planning printables so you can print them and it has like charts and stuff like that of all the important information that you need to keep track of and advice and it's just it's been a really I started making them for myself because there was so much going on and then people were like that looks really good can I like use that and then I was like oh maybe people would actually buy this and they do which is awesome we'll, we'll buy okay. <laughs> so um yeah, it is awesome. now they are um they're PDF editable too. That's something I did this year so that if you're, I, I'm still an old school, like paper and pen person, like I'm going to print it and write it out, but I did now make them, um, you can edit right in the PDF if you'd rather and just save it on your device or print it after typing or whatever. So, um, that can be really useful too, I think. So you can find me, find a link to that on my blog and the, my shop name for that is magic in your day. Oh, <laughs> nice tie-in. Yeah. Perfect. And we will put <laughs> we'll put links to all that in the um descriptions as well if if people are interested. Awesome. So, well, Becky, this has been great. Um appreciate a lot of like great knowledge on yeah. trip planning, uh, a lot of good things. It's so, always insightful. Yeah, so hopefully everybody listening start planning for 2025. It's a year out. Time time to start planning. So, never too soon to plan your next Disney Once trip. Once we hit June, that's probably that's usually about when the packages will start to go on sale for 2025. So, that's that's your time. <laughs> it's going to be around the corner before I know, you know seriously. it. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Becky. Awesome. Thank you so thank much. You. All right. I want to thank Becky again for being on the show. And again, if you're interested in reading more of Becky's blogs or using her for a travel agent, we will put links in the description um, to all of her information. But that wraps up the show for this week. I want to thank everybody again for listening. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really helps. And we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.